This is the Reds Fans Chatter Podcast. I almost said Reds Heads like the uh, kids club. Uh, Scott Evans, he's Nick Lawson. What's going on, man? Hey, hey, what's up? Just got back from vacation, went to Gettysburg, uh, Pennsylvania, and uh, Maryland. Did a lot of hiking, saw a lot of history. Uh, they actually do like a, a baseball weekend in Gettysburg at normal times, but that wasn't this weekend. That sounds cool. Yeah, they, they like play a game under the old time rules uh, because uh, small fact I learned, Doubleday, who yeah. uh, got credited for inventing baseball but maybe not, maybe really didn't, uh, he was actually part of the war and fought there at Gettysburg. Wow, really? Yep. I, I, I don't remember the rest of the details, but uh, that was part of my segue tour. <laughs> so we're a little bit late with this uh, episode this week. Also, uh, we're going to start doing two episodes a week. One's going to be kind of a weekend review and uh, all current news stuff. And then the second episode will be an episode uh, looking back at a particular player, a season, or anything else that we can come up with uh, <laughs> to talk about. So um, should, should be fun. Should make it the, easy, the listening uh, experience much, much easier. And uh, more work for us. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. We can do it. So anyway, uh, let's get started. Uh, looking at back at the weekend review, of course, big Reds news and everything else. Uh, but first, do you have any uh, history uh, notes from either this past week? Uh, I do, I do, and it's Pete Rose related. And you know, I love Pete Rose, and I have to, I have to, I have to say something about Pete, right? Uh, August 16th, 1984, the Reds reacquired Pete Rose from the Expos in a deal for Tom Lawless. Remember Tom Lawless? No. He was garbage. And, uh, <laughs> and that was after they fired manager Vern Rapp and uh, named him. To, he was the last player manager ever. How cool was that? Right, yeah. It, I, I can't imagine that happening again. It seems like it was talked about a few years ago with one team either – I don't know if it's baseball or another uh, sport, but I, I can't, especially in the world of analytics, I cannot see another player manager in baseball. No, I, I think there's too much young talent out there to, to take up a spot on the roster for a, a player manager. Right, and, and, and a lot of that was Marge being Marge and uh, doing a little bit for marketing because uh, attendance was kind of slow after the awful 82 season and then 83 and 84 were slightly better. Yeah, um, I, I think Pete is just as a manager was better uh, once he did finally retire. I mean, he was 44 when he, when he retired. And by the way, that was another fact. I was there at his last, his last at bat in 1986. Oh, wow. That was a pretty cool moment. It sucked he struck out, but that, you know, but it was, was Goose Gossage. Was that the last game of the season? No, this is this was uh, it was in, uh, I think it was mid-August. Oh, okay. And say I, I was pro if it was the last game of the season that year I was probably there. My dad always uh, got tickets to the uh, very last game of the year. He always liked the uh, fan appreciation day. Yeah, I, I think he he liked that kind of stuff, and I always did. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he always uh, hoped to win something. We finally won something a couple of years ago. I can't remember if he was with me at that game or or. Or uh, someone else, but uh, actually won like La Rosa's gift cards. I mean, they used to give away cars and stuff back in the eighties. It was, it was a pretty big deal. Now it's uh, mainly gift cards. You may get an autograph. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think back then, I don't know if he signed many autographs. I don't remember. I was too, I was too little, but right. No, I don't think Pete. I think Pete always had a a uh, deal to where he could only sign him at uh, paid signings, even back when he was a player. Well, you blame him. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> which, which ironically, uh, I mean, even if he got into the Hall of Fame, his his autograph is probably, as far as the top superstar players, one of the least. Uh, valuable just because there's so many out there. Yeah, I, I have an autograph ball. I have when he signed it, Pete Rose, uh, Hit King. It was before he signed the uh, – sorry, I've been on baseball. Yeah, I, so uh, I think he started doing it that once he came out and said that, you know, he did bet on it. Yeah, it's a, getting off a little bit off subject, but I have, uh, I think, three Pete Rose baseballs signed. Uh, one of us from the Hall of Fame that's uh, – in a frame on my wall that my sons keep wanting to play with. <laughs> it's out of the reach right now. Then I have a WWE 2004 Hall of Fame uh, signed baseball. And then uh, I think just the, uh, I, you're going to kill me if I get this wrong because I'm not looking it up. 4256. 4256? Yep. Yes, you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> I might have got fired from my own podcast uh, if I got that wrong. But anyway. You cannot I, be wrong on Pete Rose. Yep, so I, I have those. Got to meet him twice. One time he was like, eh. The other time he was cutting up joking with me. So it, Pete Rose is a different person, I think, every time you meet him. Yeah, I've, I've heard certain, certain stories. I've never met, met the guy, honestly. I wish I have, but I've heard, you know, he's he's not – very nice. Sometimes he's okay. Other times he's nice. So I guess which day it is, where the sun's sitting. I don't know. It kind of depends on what kind of day it is. I guess for him. Right. So, uh, anything else from the world of uh, looking back in history? Uh, I think the only two I had was just the Pete Rose ones. Oh, okay. No, that's it. Got you. Got you. So, uh, anyway. Uh, Getting into this week in baseball, uh, the uh, Reds uh, had an interesting week, to say the least, this past week. They uh, played and didn't play. So looking into the schedule and to the games, first game, August 11th, um, some moves uh, by the Reds and uh, some uh, big plays during the game. Yeah, Pedro Strope uh, figured he was going to be going to the IL, and which that did happen. And then they brought back Josh Van Meter, who had been struggling. He hadn't had a hit yet after that point. Um, also, uh, during that game that night, uh, it was, was pretty fun, pretty good game. Uh, I believe it was against Kansas City. It was. If I'm not mistaken. Uh, Winker yep. homered. He says why Winker started his uh, hot streak. Uh, Matt Davidson homered and Joey Votto. We talked about him last episode, but, you know, Joey Votto, is, is he a Reds Hall of Famer? Well, we know he's a Reds Hall of Famer. Is he going to be a Major League Hall of Famer? And he had a walk-off home run in that game. Or walk-off, I'm sorry, walk-off double. Right. They were calling it a home run. Like, no, no, wasn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah, Votto uh, was happy but not happy uh, with the uh, walk-off. He's, uh, he's like, all we try to do is win, of course. So I'm very, very happy. Uh, the goal has been met, achievement unlocked today right we got the win when i made that error today it was especially frustrating because it was such a crucial time and it was such a very easy play i was very frustrated i was embarrassed all i thought about is how i'm going to solve this and then i started thinking about my routine 
work and speaking with coaches and making adjustments. Of course, uh, if you watch the game uh, right before he got his at bat, uh, while I believe Castellanos was hitting before him, uh, he pulled out like a binder. <laughs> Looking at yeah. that on the on deck circle, I don't think I've seen that very often, if at all, from any player. But if I saw it, it I would expect it to be from. Uh, from Votto, it was almost like something you see in NFL games where the quarterbacks are going over the uh, pictures up from the booth. And uh, so I, I kind of like that. And then it really uh, paid off with the uh, almost home run. If it had just been up a little bit higher, uh, it would have been even, uh, even more dramatic. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, he pulls the binder out. It's kind of like you're doing your homework at work and – like you said, it's like it's like a quarterback going in looking at the plays. You know, I could do this play. I could do this play. He was just doing the scouting report, and, and, and it paid off big time. Right. Uh, in that game, I think you said Winker uh, was uh, starting to get on his streak. He was two for two, got uh, taken out for a pinch runner. Yeah. <laughs> that was the. I believe that was the. Ex, that was the extra inning game. It, it was the Reds' first extra inning game. It was it? yes. Having the runner at second base paid off as well. It did. Now, what what do you think about the new uh, extra inning rules? Uh, I'm kind of on the fence still a little bit. I mean, having a runner at second base, I believe, and I like a lot of old timers in baseball would, would would think is you should earn your spot at second base, not be just giving it to you. But I mean, it paid off in that game. I mean, even though Kansas City had the first shot at it and they blew it, but the Reds did not. Right. Also in that game uh, for the bullpen, this looked really good. Uh, Rocio Iglesias uh, pitched an inning in the third, uh, gave up no hits, two strikeouts, no earned runs, uh, starting to uh, look like the Iglesias that uh, people liked from a couple of years ago. Yeah, he, his fastball was it was excellent. Uh, it, I think his uh, curveball was on, on spot as well. Uh, that's a guy we want to see every time we need to get a save. Yep, Garrett, uh, he uh, got a, his first blown save of the year. Uh, he came in, uh, I think gave up a home run, and uh, I, I think part of his issue is he's just not getting enough reputa- repetition this year. No, I think he, he's he's not getting the time that he needs to get in the games, and uh, I don't know, I'm not sure why that is. Maybe it's a, like David Bell, he likes to play the numbers, play the matchups. And I think Garrett hasn't had the matchups to where he, you know, he can come in and, and right. try and get that hold or, or whatever. And I, I think struggling that night. I think uh, part of it was, uh, and this is one of the things about the rule this year, and I guess it's going to stick for uh, future seasons. But the the rule about having th- have to have to face three uh, hitters in a row. If if he didn't uh, get out the first couple, uh, he was going to be in trouble because I think that guy uh, matched up well against him with a right hander. Yeah, see, I, I don't, I don't dig that rule. Uh, you have to face the least minimum of three batters. Uh, what about you? I mean, the only reason, the only time that doesn't happen is when somebody gets injured. I think that's that's a poor excuse, really. I think if if you if you guys struggling, I think he needs to come out. I don't think he's if he has to face three batters. I think right. It's and I don't really think it's going to save any time in the game because if no. if a guy's struggling to get outs, then the game's going to be extended anyway. And, right. the, and the manager's going to pull him after three instead of one, so it's it's still you're still going to get the same pitching uh, changes, I guess. I guess in games where the pitchers are effective, it's it may uh, it may close the gap by a few seconds, but uh, 
Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of the rule. I don't know what the players are thinking. Uh, I could see that one being an issue, maybe, in the uh, next uh, collective bargaining agreement. I hope so. So anyway, it looks like the it looked like at that point the Reds were gonna get on a roll, but the next night uh, against Kansas City, uh, not so much, as the Reds uh, lost five to four. Yeah, I think a lot of us were pretty PO'd at that one. Yeah, that was the game where uh, Votto uh, was over two that night, but you know, coming off the night where he uh, got got the big hit. Um, yeah. Bell played the numbers, took Votto out, uh, I believe in the seventh inning or eighth inning, uh, for Jankowski for pinch runner Jankowski, uh, idea was, was, uh, good. Just didn't work to get the run in and then, uh, putting, uh, Cologne in and, uh, he just Cologne did not have a good year this year. He was after the game, he was hitting one thirty. And uh, came down to the big hit, bottom of the ninth. And it would have been Joey Votto coming up with uh, runners on. Instead, it was Cologne. And uh, he hit into a double play with the bases loaded. Yeah, I, I mean, I I was cussing on my TV. I shouldn't be doing that with my children around. But, <laughs> um, but when, you, when you have a guy like Votto, that would have been Votto's spot. And I think Votto... Uh, at, at the time, I, I mean, they pinch running for him, and he had a situation, obviously, when you pinch run for somebody. Right. But Cologne as a pinch hitter, I thought that was stupid. That would, that, that would not have been the guy I would have chose at that time. Now, yeah, I, I completely agree. And, uh, I mean, the, there was other people on the bench. Uh, Matt Davidson could have came in, hit for Cologne. Uh, he can play first base, so it's not like you were hamstringing yourself uh, defensively if uh, – if it did go into extra innings, so I don't understand the analytics on that one, uh, since yeah. that since that's how Bell's making most of his decisions. I, I don't think either your gut or the uh, computer would tell you to uh, keep Cologne in in that situation, even if you did uh, pinch at uh, Votto at that point. Uh, also, well, I mean, in- even even later in that game, I mean, Van Meter pinch hit for Farmer and got on, and then he pinch ran Lorenzen for Van Meter. Right. And Peter can run. He's got wheels. Right. I don't understand that one either. Uh, looking at the uh, other part of the game, uh, not another another bad outing for Wade Miley. Uh, he gave up uh, two hits, two walks, and an inning and two-thirds. I'm uh, not sure why he was pulled that early unless he was just on a pitch count. He was not very effective. Um then uh, Tyler Malley came in out of the bullpen. Did not look as sharp as he did coming out of the uh, coming out as, as just a regular starter. Uh, gave up three runs off of uh, two hits and uh, three walks. The Reds had the Reds pitching gave up eight walks that night. If you have eight walks, well, if you have eight, if you have more walks and strikeouts, then you definitely got a problem. Luckily, they had thirteen strikeouts. <laughs> I mean, Kansas City pitching wasn't much better. They gave up eight walks as well. The Reds just couldn't turn those into uh, as many runs as Kansas City did. Yeah, Trevor Rosenthal sucks. That guy used to be—he <laughs> used to be the go-to oh, guy in St. Louis. You might remember we've we've yelled back and forth over the Cardinals and all that stuff. And you know, don't get me started. But Rosenthal, <laughs> Rosenthal coming out. I mean. He's supposed to be their closer, and he he had three walks in one inning. And this is where the Reds had a shot to 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 walk this game off, and it didn't happen. 
Right. Then uh, Thursday night, the Pirates come into town. We think this is going to be an easy game. Uh, coming into the game, the Pirates had only won three games and uh, turned out to be not <sighs> not so much. Uh, Reds, the score, it looks a lot closer than it was. Reds lose 9-6 to six to the uh, Pirates. Uh, Desclafani had his first bad outing. He gave up uh, nine runs in two innings off nine hits and two walks. Uh, the I think the second inning uh, was so long that uh, it was it was starting to go bad. I got out of my car to pick up my kids um, after I got off work. By the time I got them in the car, buckled up, and got the car started back up, the inning was still going, and that is never a never a good sign. Now, when your first inning is going, your first, first oh, well, your first two innings really, but. Your first inning is going about an hour. There's something wrong, and it's not in your favor. <laughs> no, they, he gave up two runs in the first inning and seven runs in the second inning. Um, uh, it was ugly. Uh, it then was bad. Uh, Lorenzen came in, though. He pitched really well. He uh, gave up uh, no runs, three or no runs off one hit in three and a third innings. And then uh, Sims came in, kept kept the game, kept the Reds in it. Uh, or at least give them an opportunity. The Reds uh, did come back uh, with six runs and uh, just couldn't uh, pull it out of, off in the end. Uh, Votto went one for four. Castellano starting to hit a little bit of a slump, one for five. Uh, Akiyama, um, Shogo's not been uh, not been what we hoped so far. He's after the, after this game, he was hitting two twenty nine. Um, so it was a rough game at the bats at the plate. I think Barnhart hit a home run though, starting to get out of his funk a little bit. And of course, uh, Winker still was uh, hammering the ball, two for four, uh, no RBIs, but now hitting three forty-seven after this game. And I remember early in the season there were some people saying, "You need to cut Winker. Why is he even on the even on the team?" And then. Uh, he went on one. Castellanos cooled down a little bit, but Winker picked it up. So we just need like a couple other guys to get on hot streaks, and um, and th- this season will be good uh, once the Reds start playing again. Yeah, I mean, once I mean, you get Akiyama going, you, you get Vado, you finally get him hot again. Suarez, I mean, he needs to wake up. He's really slumping. Um, and then guys like Van Meter, who's he's really just a, a guy off the bench, but he's in bat no forty eight. Come on, man, you can do better than that. <laughs> and then the Friday night game uh, when all hell broke loose. <laughs> uh, first, it, it broke out in a good way. Uh, you had uh, Sonny Gray back on the mound. Uh, he had a rough outing his previous time. Not so much this time. Pitched six and two thirds inning, five hits given up. Only one earned run, one walk. Uh, ZRA's down to 205 after the game. Nate Jones, uh, solid pitching performance. Uh, pitched a third of an inning, gave up uh, nothing. And then Thornburg came in uh, for two innings uh, back in the majors. Uh, gave up absolutely nothing, three strikeouts. So pitching looked good. Hitting looked good this game. Of course, the Reds went 8-1. to one. Uh, Vado was 2 for 4. Sinzel 0 for 3. Winker was 2 for 3 again, continuing uh, his uh, hot streak, getting his, getting his average up to 365. Castellanos uh, 1 for 4, so he's kind of kind of hovering at 267. Shogo was 1 for 4. His average is now 231. Uh, 
Galvis, uh, he's hitting about 268, which is kind of, he's doing kind of, he's been kind of quiet. He was two for four that night. Uh, but he's kind of uh, quiet on the team, hitting about where you'd expect him to, uh, maybe a li- even a little bit higher. But uh, you don't hear much from Galvis. His, of course, his uh, defense isn't the most <laughs> uh, most uh, flashy part of his game. Uh, Barnhart uh, was one for four again. Uh, Reds hit uh, home runs. Winker had two, and Castellanos had one. And so, good night for the Reds until the handshake line. Yeah, I want to go back to Sonny Gray for a second. Okay. In the decision that was made by, by David Bell, Sonny Gray went six innings. Uh, he had thrown 99 pitches after six innings. He went out there in the seventh inning. Now, I don't know if this was Sonny Gray saying, hey, I can go one more, or David asking him, said, hey, you want to go one more? You know, whatever. But going out there after 99 pitches, I didn't agree with that. Uh, but he did get two quick outs, and he was at 110 pitches, and that's when David pulled him. Um, I, I believe that David probably gives the pitchers a little freedom to say, hey, can you can you go another inning? Sometimes he won't send him out after 92 pitches, right. like we saw with Luis Castillo a while back. So um, I, I think a little bit of freedom with Gray and Bauer and Castillo and, I mean, Wade Miley, who knows what happened to him the other night. I was hearing maybe he got injured. I, I, I didn't heard anything since, so I doubt that. Uh, Tyler right. Thorberg, look, he looked good. Welcome back to the majors, man. Good to have him in the bullpen. Go ahead and you talk about to get a handshake. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so uh, <laughs> so after the game, Reds win. Fireworks are going off, and uh, the team pulls Nixon Zell aside from the rest of the players. Uh, Joey Votto is like sitting there with his mouth dropped. Uh, House uh, kind of quickly escorts him out. Neither one of them's wearing a mask at that at that point. Of course, uh, you know the masks uh, that we're wearing pretty much only protect uh, work if everybody's wearing them because they're not the kind that uh, can stop the virus from infecting you. It, it just reduces the spit and spittle to kind of hopefully slow the spread is the idea behind the mask. But because uh, I know some people brought that up, that Jr. House was. Not wearing a mask, getting Sinzel. If Sinzel was the uh, person that uh, was positive, because came up, it came out after the game that uh, one of the Reds players had tested positive. Now, so many things wrong with that. If if the results, how how do, how does the entire game get played with the results not coming out till the end of the game, or? Was it because it was early and they weren't expected till the next day? Uh, so many things, so many questions that aren't being asked about that. To me, it, it, it it's not fair to the players, especially if uh, if the Reds found out a little bit earlier before the last out. They should have they should have made a, a defensive substitution immediately. Uh, some of the some of the moves that David Price makes anyway. I just called him David Price. <laughs> <laughs> oh, combining Brian Price and David Bell. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, so some of the uh, moves that David Bell makes anyway, a, a weird substitution may, may not r- raise that many eyebrows, at least until after the game, because, uh, I mean, it's pretty obvious that it was, it's most likely, uh, Nick Sinzel who had the positive test, uh, 
just based on based on the events that happened after the game on the field with in front of the cameras. Hello. It seemed like that could be done uh, much much uh, better to where uh, to where it was done could have been handled more privately and 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 also it needs to be handled before the game. Otherwise, he's out there interacting with his teammates, interacting with the umpires, interacting with the uh, the other team. Uh, if the positive is a true positive and he's contagious, um, which we assume that anybody that is positive is, just because we don't know a lot about this disease yet, then it, it, it's a problem with the testing. We've talked about that in early, earlier episodes. I, I really think baseball and hopefully uh, the NFL – um, uh, gets into into that as well, uh, to where they use kind of the um the testing that the White House uses, where it's really more of a screening. It's it's what uh, Governor Dewine uh, used when he was test tested positive. Uh, it's more of a screening, the anti- antigen test that takes fifteen minutes. Uh, screen everybody with that. If they get a positive, then they go do the spit test. Uh, it would reduce the uh, time for the saliva test as well. And uh, you reduce the chances of outbreaks happening, like what happened with the Cardinals, what happened with the Marlins. And now uh, baseball's in just super protective mode on all their decisions. And I, I can't blame them because, you know, another team outbreak uh, – it just doesn't look good from a PR standpoint, <laughs> not to mention the health and uh, well-being of the players involved, uh, especially coaches and everything. But uh, it, it's not—it's not a good way to keep the season going. I, I really think they need to go to the screening method first. Maybe still do the uh, still do the diagnostic test every other day, the way they're doing it, and then every day if if, if something happens, but uh, use the antigen test to kind of protect the players i mean it, i'm sure it's not fun going to give a give a uh, antigen test every day uh like the white house press corps does like the president does uh and, and others but uh the alternative of of uh, an outbreak happening in a clubhouse uh is uh seems like it should be worth the risk yeah and, and, i mean it's getting to a point now i mean you can, look you got one player that tests positive and all of a sudden they shut everything down. It's the same with the schools. One kid tests positive, and they shut everything down and quarantine everybody. I, 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 I'm, I'm in agreement with you. I think the testing needs to be a little bit better. Um, maybe do the saliva test. I don't know what test they do in baseball. Oh, oh they do the saliva test. Uh, yeah, okay. tre- yeah, Trevor Bauer actually uh, released a video through his Momentum uh, channel that he uh, co- co-founded. Uh, yeah. which uh, also created some controversy this week because uh, Scott Boris is not a fan because, you know, Scott Boris isn't making any money off of it. And, of so, and you know, I think some of his other players want to get involved with that, and he's like, no, 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 you need to do it this way. You got to you gotta stay polished. Let me be the be the voice of to market you. Then he does nothing to market them unless they're the, you know, the, the Mike Trout-level players. I don't think Mike Trout uses him as a uh, – as a uh, as an agent, but you understand the Michael Lorenzens of the world aren't getting the same treatment as his uh, as his top uh, top tier talent, right? I agree, but I agree. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, 
Bauer uh, did a 12-minute video of the entire day, going through his day. His, uh, he did some podcasts and uh, radio interviews. Uh, then then uh, it shows him coming out of the game and and uh, talking about uh, this is what COVID does. And he wasn't sure if he's going to be able to pitch the next day and uh, worried about his teammates, of course. He was just trying – he uh, basically broke it down live as he was trying to uh, – digest what happened uh went to the stadium the next day had to go spit in a test tube uh which is uh, kind of if you've ever done an ancestry dna it's pretty much the same type of thing you just got to keep spitting keep spitting till you get the saliva filled up to the line uh rob manford brought in uh, his plane to fly them to the uh testing center in rutgers in new jersey yeah of course bauer was asking if rob was there <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I mean, he was joking, but it's a little. It is serious. And then he had to. He forgot to self test, self screen. So the the process. Uh, it, it's not a bad process. It's just not, if in order to prevent breakouts, uh, I think you have to do the what the White House does, and then maybe tie that in with the uh, saliva test just to just to confirm that there are, are no outbreaks at the. Uh, that the antigen test uh, would miss because from, from everything I've read uh, it's, it's not the most accurate. Uh, of course we saw that with Mike DeWine with the false positive. I think it has quite a few false negatives as well. Uh, but the white house has been using it and uh, I'm pretty sure if there had been an outbreak in the press corps or in the white house itself, I'm pretty sure that would have been top of the line news that you couldn't, you couldn't answer your phone without seeing. Yeah. So, no so I, I think, uh, I think the baseball, it's probably too late for this year, next year, if they still have to do testing, uh, I think we're all hoping that everything gets back to a hundred percent normal, but, uh, hopefully they go to more of a screening test or something that they can get, uh, right away just because, uh, this isn't going to work <laughs> uh, over, especially over 162 game season. If the goal is to have zero cases of COVID like, uh, like the NBA has so far. Uh, of course, you know, nothing I, I expect, uh, especially since there's false positives out there, uh, there's, uh, I, I expect to see a, a positive test pop up either in the uh, NBA or NHL, even though they have their players pretty much locked down going to the hotel and back to the, to the arena or the stadiums. And that's it. It'll be interesting when football starts. That one's going to be, uh, uh, definitely a big one. Of course, we're sitting here. We're recording this uh, Tuesday night, and the Reds still have not played a game since Friday. So that's going to change things up for the uh, pitching rotation. I don't know if it's going to change again. Uh, Trevor Bauer, actually, they have announced that. Game one tomorrow in the doubleheader. If if everything gets gets to go as planned, game one's going to be Castillo. Game two is going to be Trevor Bauer. I know he's probably stoked to go pitch. And then uh, – well, Trevor Bauer is going to face Matt Harvey. Oh, yeah. That's going to be a good matchup. Now, there is something that came out today. Of course, he's going to be pitching seven innings at the most, uh, yeah. I guess, unless he goes extra innings. And then I, I guess a, a starter could go uh, the full nine if, if needed. Um, I don't know if, if that would happen or not. But uh, Trevor Bauer uh, today, I, I don't know what sparked this, uh, but – uh, Budweiser tweeted earlier today, <laughs> you had us at beer at Bauer Outrage. 14 Ks in your next two starts. 
you break the record, and we'll make these. And they showed a can that said Cincinnati Buds. <laughs> and what, what's funny is uh, the first reply to uh, uh, looks one of the replies to uh, Trevor when he uh, retweeted that was, as a Royals fan, I can guarantee at least five Ks between Mondesi and Solar tomorrow, so you really just need to find nine more. <laughs> and someone else was like, as a fellow Real- Royals fan, I can unfortunately confirm this is true. <laughs> so... Well, the yeah. Reds were practicing today. They did yeah. get to, get to practice today, being Tuesday, um, because they they did arrive in Kansas City this morning. Um, they obviously didn't pick up the news later in the day. It would not be playing tonight, and doubleheader tomorrow. So yeah, we'll I, take it. I don't. I guess they're just being super super cautious. But uh, and there's one question I don't think's been cleared up because the Reds have had no additional positive tests. I'm assuming the Pirates have had no positive tests. Uh, you never hear about the umpires, uh, but um, but. Uh, it, are the no negative tests including the person that did test positive on Friday night, or is the rest of the team uh, not having positive tests and the person Friday night is uh, recovering? I guess we. I guess we will. I guess we will find. Really release anything now? No, I guess we'll find that out. Uh, I, I guess this is one advantage of having closed practices: is that the media. There's been no media leaks if uh, Nick Senzel or who or who all is with the team. So uh, if Nick Senzel goes on the injured list tomorrow, I, I guess we'll uh, learn that if he's playing uh, and there's nobody going on the injured list. And I, I think it's another false positive, which is a good and bad thing at the same time. Well, well they're supposed to activate Mike Moustakis and uh, we'll find out who goes on the uh, injured reserve or goes down to Pasco, but or to, or to the taxi Moose, squad. Or the taxi squad, but Moose will be, be activated tomorrow, is what David Bell said today. So uh, I, guess, I guess we'll find out. Uh, uh, if a Reds player is sick, uh, please, Reds fans, don't give him a hard time on social media. If that player is on social media, nobody wants to get sick. Uh, I don't. We haven't heard any reports of the Reds players going out and partying. I'm sure it happens. Uh, I mean, no, there's not anybody that's perfectly living in – Staying at home uh, on this planet right now. Even even in the NBA, there was a couple players that broke protocol to go get some DoorDash, and of course they they paid for it uh, with uh, having to sit out for a few get, few days. I think that was during the practice time. But I mean, don't uh, don't give him a hard time on social media, especially since he's probably sick and uh, facing a lot more than just playing baseball. So. Uh, prayers go out to whoever that player is. Hopefully it's a false positive. Hopefully we get good news tomorrow on that front. Uh, if not, hopefully uh, speedy recovery and uh, we can get back to playing baseball. Yeah, I mean, these guys just, they just want to play baseball. Uh, you know, you, that's what you're getting paid to do. They don't want to get sick. Nobody wants to be sick with this thing. I mean, they just want to play ball. And, and they don't, I mean, they get tested before. I'm sure they get tested before every game, right? Yeah, uh, I think it's every other day. Okay, well, I mean, they then they get tested. At least they know they're fine before they go out there. Right. Yeah, I think there's some questions on the science, and this is the reason why the quarantines are are still being re- required, even if you're not sick. Is I, I from from what I've read, and I'm not a COVID expert, even though I play one on on Facebook sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, 
from my understanding, it takes about because I've asked this question too. Like, okay, if you if you come back uh, from leaving town and they want you to quarantine, why can't you just take a test? And from what I understand, it could take before you before the virus develops enough to have enough uh, there to show up on the test. Uh, it usually takes about four days, which that could also kind of coincide why baseball waited until now. Now they're using a different test, so I don't know if the saliva test is the same or not, uh, as far as that goes. But uh, so yeah, it could it could take four days to get to even show up if you did contract the virus, and then uh, of course uh, symptoms could take another uh, up to fourteen days total. I, I think that number's starting to come back a little bit. Uh, just because uh, some of the state guidance and guidance from doctors that I've heard is uh, if you do get sick and you don't know if it's COVID or not, or even if, or if you do know it's COVID uh, that you have to quarantine now just 10 days instead of, instead of the 14 days. So um, I think they're starting to learn more about it, uh, but I mean, it's, it's, it's still new. So it's, it's nobody's saying it's fake, at least not here. <laughs> and, yeah. and uh so anyway, I've rambled on about this way too long. Hopefully, the Reds get to play in baseball soon. Uh, looking at some of the pitching matchups coming up, uh, of course, tomorrow and the doubleheader against the Royals. Uh, game one's going to be uh, Castillo versus Keller. Uh, Keller doesn't have uh, too bad of numbers, 2-0 and with a 0 ERA. Um, I don't know much about Keller. I don't know if he was in the bullpen but, uh, yeah, he doesn't have any RA. I think he's pitched maybe two games where he's he's gone five innings. I think right. he's, I'm not sure. He's uh, he's pitched two games, 11 innings total, 10 strikeouts, okay. uh, .91 whip. So that's going to be hopefully a good pat- pitching matchup. Uh, Castillo's had a rough time of it a couple of games. He's 0-2 with a three nine one ERA. Yeah, he needs a win right now. And then game two we talked about uh, – Two of my absolutely favorite players that are probably going to be at the Reds for a short time. Uh, one of them definitely is going to be a, was only a Red for a short time. Hopefully Bauer's here for many, many years, but he only wants to sign one-year contract, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah. But um, So game two, Trevor Bauer versus Matt Harvey. Uh, this is Harvey's uh, debut game, I believe. Uh, Matt Harvey. Boy, there's some stories about this guy when he was here. There's a story when he left here, too. <laughs> you know, uh, I will say this at uh, Season Ticket Photo Day. Uh, now, Matt didn't stop with my uh, group to get a picture, but uh, he did say hi. was super nice to everyone. So uh, from that one interaction, uh, I was a pretty cool guy. Didn't uh, Was not the Matt Harvey of his uh, rookie year where he – just dominated with the Mets, but uh, I, I enjoyed him on the team that year because the Reds were awful that year, and he uh, he kind of gave him hope in 2018. So he's pitching for the Royals, trying to give them hope, and uh, hopefully he fails going up against Trevor Bauer, two and zero with a point zero nine three ERA. Bauer is pitching like he really wants a huge one year contract this year. I mean, thirty two strikeouts after what said three starts. Three starts, nice. 19 in the third innings, 32 strikeouts, a .57 whip. Yeah, if I were, if I were him, I would avoid Orge Soler. He's batting four forty four against him. And I, I guarantee that if, if anybody knows that, it is Trevor Bauer. Dan Hunter Dozier's batting three sixty four. 
Ooh, that, hopefully uh, Bauer has a good game. Hopefully all the COVID stuff didn't uh, didn't uh, mess with him because he he is all about routine. I, from the few uh, YouTube videos I've seen of him, uh, he's takes his own blood for measurements. He he does cups on his arms and makes it look like giant hickeys. I, I don't understand the method to his madness, but hey, it's working this year. You know he's one strange cat, but I, you know, I, I, I dig what he's doing. You know, and I still say Bauer for commissioner. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> <laughs> looking ahead, Sonny Gray is going to pitch the first night in St. Louis. Uh, second game, Wade Miley, and then the third game in St. Louis. Uh, right now, is to be determined. None of the Cardinals pitchers have been uh, projected yet, so it's kind of hard to do those matchups. But uh, next five games, uh, or actually six games. Uh, what do you think their record's going to be if they uh, if they get all the games played? As, as what we count in Kansas City and St. Louis. Yep, six games. Uh, from uh, um, I say three and three at this point. I'm going to go. I'm going to go the opposite. Okay. Five and one. Uh, that's I like that. I like that. That's even better. Uh, they, I'm trying to be a realistic a little bit. <laughs> on our next three. episode, we're going to talk about the 2010 team, and I'm I'm going to say that if this team's going to get on a streak, it needs to be now. Uh, see how well they come over adversity with the COVID scare, and uh, yeah, let's go five. I'm going to go five and one. Uh, and Trevor Bauer is going to hit the 14 strikeouts in his next two games so the budweiser i don't even drink beer but but i'll go buy one if the budweiser if budweiser makes the uh, cincinnati buds beer yeah you'll drink i'm sure that'll be fun to watch <laughs> no 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 i i don't like the taste of beer so anyway <laughs> i've really just lost like three of our fans now <laughs> yeah like i thought this guy was cool for a second <laughs> anyway that kind of uh, wraps up uh, this portion of the show but uh, who's your player of the week uh, for what did play um, I'm going to go with Sonny Gray uh, I thought he rebounded in that last game uh, he had 10 strikeouts and almost 7 innings I got to go with Jesse Winker Jesse I mean the guy's on fire he's been 365 uh, to 20 games he looks at the ball and it goes to the wall so <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. hopefully this time off didn't cool him down. Hopefully the time off cool or warmed other guys up, and they can all get hitting, hitting together uh, uh, on, on some streaky play. So, pitcher of the week, I'll go with Sonny Gray, and I'm guessing you're going with Sonny Gray too. Yeah, I said Sonny Gray for my pitcher. I think my uh, I'm going to go with a, a position player for my player of the week. I'll, I'll go with Jesse Winker as well. I think he's the guy. He's he's up and coming right now. He's he's got five home runs. He's only got eight RBIs. Guys, get on base for him to get some ribbies. Come on. <laughs> and uh, so last part of this show, uh, Red's trivia question. And the way it's going to work now, we're going to give the question uh, on this show. Uh, Nick will give the answer. And then on the follow-up show, uh, we'll give the answer. So uh, today's question, name the Red's first league MVP. Uh killing me man <laughs> i guess this is when mvp awards were given out correct okay i have no idea um <laughs> i would probably he, say I'll, frank i'll, I'll give you I'll a say frank robinson i was gonna say i'll give you a hint uh this guy's a hall of famer yeah 
that doesn't really help. <laughs> yeah, I still, I'm still going with Frank Robinson. All right, we'll have uh, the answer on our next show, which is going to be a breakdown of the Reds' uh, 2010 season. It was a fun year. That was great. That was my one of my top five favorite teams of all time. All right, until next time, go Reds. Go Reds.